Roll and I'll just feel something. Welcome to Rackhouse Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jeff, your host. Here I like to talk about bourbon and anything related to it. Sometimes I talk about life experiences. Sometimes I talk about adventures I've had. Sometimes I just talk about things I'm interested in. But you know what? Every time I talk from the heart. I'm a firefighter. I'm a craftsman. I'm an avid outdoors person. And I'm a lover of all things handcrafted. Thanks for taking time to listen. I'll do my best to make it worth your while. Rackhouse Ramblings is on the air. This is episode 43. It's the fourth episode of the third season, and I've got a great show for you guys. I'm going to do a a book review. I read the new uh, Dave Grohl autobiography. I've also uh, had a surprise visit in the bourbon room. My buddy, Lieutenant Dan Olson, I love spending time with him. He's one of my best friends. Uh, We covered a lot of topics, and uh, I think you guys will like it. Uh, We sat and sat and shot the breeze didn't have any bourbon but we did uh cover a lot of different things and i think you guys will like it so uh let's sit back sip some bourbon and rackhouse ramblings be right back Okay, we're back. Let's get it going. Uh, let's start with some bourbon. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm start. I started a new tradition <laughs> in the bourbon room. Let me spit that out. So uh, each time I walk in and I'm looking for a bottle to sip from, and there's always this dilemma: what should I drink? I've got uh, more than enough to choose from, and I like them all. <laughs> so I end up, um, I just walk up and down my little aisle, like at the store. And I ask myself, should I start with Angel's Envy or Evan Williams Single Barrel or Booker's or what? And before you know it, like 10 minutes have gone by and I haven't even picked the bottle. So uh, my new little strategy is to start at the bottom. And it doesn't, I don't mean like bottom, like you think, but um, I guess like you call it like my least favorites, right? So I love all these bourbons, but some I love less than others. <laughs> so for tonight's podcast, I'm going to sip on some Luca Mariano Signature Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, it's a single barrel special release, and I featured it, I want to say it's got to be a year ago, maybe a little more, a little less, but somewhere around there. And I still have some left. It's a 107 proof, and it has a local connection. The guy behind the name is from Northville, and really that's why I bought it. Um, just because of that local connection. Uh, it's a good bourbon, but I don't think it's a good value bourbon. It's It retails for 65 bucks, and at that price range, I typically I'm automatically go to Angel's Envy. And to be honest with you, this Luca Mariana doesn't even compare with it. But with that being said, either way, it's a good bourbon. It's a single barrel that I like, goes down smooth. And that's what we're going to sip on for the show today. So we'll start out with the pouring uh, about an ounce of some Luca Mariano. See what we got. There we go. doesn't quite make that glugging sound that I know you guys all like. I hear about that from a few of you. Here we go. So let's take a sip and get on with the show. So um, I want to talk about a book review. I just finished a fantastic book. It's titled Dave Grohl, The Storyteller. My best friend Eric gave me a copy. Thanks, Eric. I love this book. I couldn't put it down. Uh, It's a really easy read. And by that, I mean the print is big. There's some cool pictures in it. And when you read it, it's more like a conversation, like Dave Grohl sitting down and talking with you. And I think that might be one of the reasons I like it so much. 
when you see them on YouTube or on TV, an interview, just imagine that voice kind of telling you stories over and over. And each chapter is just different stories. That's one of the things I liked it. Um, I guess I can't go through it page by page. <laughs> I'd love to, but I can tell you what, it opened my eyes to a few, quite a few things. And Dave Grohl talks about his, his uh, love of music and how it was really kicked off in this punk rock scene in Chicago. And he goes on and talks about how he dropped out of high school to play drums in a punk band. And... He kind of finds his way into Nirvana and then like is like springboarded into the fame and all that. Um, but I think when I read it, it's really more of a story about not giving up and about following your dreams, following your passions. And that's really a couple of things I like. It really touched home. And so as I'm reading it, Dave Grohl is really like more like a down-to-earth guy, just like the rest of us, right? And he writes about <laughs> the funny thing, he meets all these famous people, right? And he talks about getting a text message from Paul McCartney asking to go to dinner. And, you know, in his head, he says, Paul fucking McCartney from the Beatles is texting me, right? <laughs> and then he tells another story about the guys from ACDC wanting to come for a visit. And uh, he said, I guess they called his wife or called the house or something like that. And he says, duh, it's fucking ACDC. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. There's there's so many stories like this. And then, you know, like one another thing I learned was that after Nirvana broke up, um, Tom Petty called Dave Grohl to do a sit-in for a drummer. And uh, Tom Petty was doing a Saturday Night Live appearance. So uh, Dave Grohl did it, sat down with him. And then when it was done, he asked him, hey, you know, do you want to join the band? And I thought, what the shit? No shit. Dave Grohl could have been one of the Heartbreakers with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So that was kind of cool. Um, can't give it all away, but get yourself a copy. It's Dave Grohl's uh, Storyteller. It's an autobiography, really easy read. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think you guys would too. He seems like a really down-to-earth guy. Uh, that's my book review on Rackhouse Rambling. So stay right there. we got one more segment coming right up. Okay, up uh, next is my sit-down with Lieutenant Dan Olson. He's a fellow firefighter. I've known Dan for a lot of years. He stopped by the bourbon room, so I ambushed him into sitting in front, front of the mic, excuse me, and letting me record our conversation. It's a little bit echoey. Sorry about that, but that's just the bourbon room. That's just how it is. It's, I want to say we sat down and uh, flew through like 30 minutes or so. So uh, here we go with uh, my interview with Lieutenant Dan. Hope you guys enjoy it. How'd you like that intro? Okay, Rackhouse Ramblings, we have Lieutenant Dan in the studio. And every podcast I'll always offer for people to come by. And guess what? Dan came by today. Isn't that pretty cool? It's pretty exciting. <laughs> You're like speechless, right? I, I didn't expect to be put live on air here. We're, we're in the bourbon room. This is Dan's first time in the bourbon room. And I know there's a handful of people who have been here in the studio, but take a look around and just kind of describe. If you are describing to Tracy what this room looks like, Kind of tell her what, what what would you describe? What would you say? It's you know like an old school bar room. Yeah. When you first walk in, you think it's uh, before you get a real close look that you think you got tin <laughs> on the walls because yeah. the way you painted the yep. the OSB, but it turned out really good. So burned beams. Even and... while we're sitting here, it feels like we're somewhere else, right? Yeah. We're not sitting in You're my not... house in the in the lower level. Or we're in like a, yeah. a, a bourbon room slash studio slash what. 
Man cave, right? Man cave, yeah. You just need a few antlers up on the wall. and We do, don't we? <laughs> we're good to go. I could fix that. I could fix that. But So when you look around the room, I'm going to pause one second. I think I have a uh, short somewhere. Stand by. Okay, that's better. We're back. But um, so when you look around, oh, oh there it is it again. Is it might be this one. I think. Wiggle that wire. Stand by, people. We're going to... Is that it? We may have fixed it. I don't know. Okay. So if you look around the room, the pictures were the inspiration for the walls. You hear more static? I hear something. Either way, who gives a shit? I think we're good. Yeah. So anyway, we're trying to talk Dan into trying a sample here, and I have many, many, many bottles. I haven't counted them yet. I just put six new ones on the shelf because I was just in Kentucky. Well, it's only 9.26 in the morning. So. <laughs> it's 5 o'clock somewhere, Dan. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. But um, thanks for coming down to the studio, to the, to the, the bourbon room. The room of jazz. <laughs> <laughs> but so for people listening that don't know, Dan's a firefighter. I'm a firefighter. And when I first started, Dan was one of the guys that showed me the ropes. Do you remember that? I was yeah. thinking about it on your way over here today. And... You showed me a couple of things. You remember we did like dressing a hydrant? Yeah. The way yeah. you guys dress a hydrant, right? Yep. Yeah. I remember I failed terribly when we pulled over, you and me and Diggs, and we pulled into a complex. And you guys, <laughs> I know you guys were laughing your asses <laughs> off while I was trying to do it because you were timing me. And I'm like, are they fucking serious? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Hey, get out yeah. and dress that. <laughs> we had some buildings to burn for uh, training. So yeah. And like, I said, oh, hey. Let's do some dry runs here. Yeah. <laughs> I said, are you guys fucking with me? No, get out and dress the hydrant. Do you remember? Something like that. And I failed really, really miserably. And I think, I don't know if it was you or Gary that showed me how to check out the rig to start it up, to put it in pump, and do the morning checks. Do you remember that? Uh, might have been might have been Gary. I don't know. It could have been. I remember we talked about cleaning bathrooms. Yeah. Yep. There's Hope there's our ticket again. I think it's one of these wires. I don't know what it is. We didn't touch anything, man. I know we did. There, now it stopped. Okay. But, um... What else did you guys show me? We did some training burns. We did some writ training. Um, There's all sorts of stuff. I'm sure we did some extrication. But that was more live fire training than I'd done any before and ever since because where I'm at now, we don't do any. Yeah. We got lucky then because they were, you know, tearing all these buildings down. For, there was uh, a handful of them. A new commercial complex. So. Right, right. And yeah. now where I'm at in the city, we can't burn anything. Yeah, we're, we're close now. We're, everything's built up so much that... There's nothing to burn. There's, there's very little buildings that come available. When they do, they're in a spot where it's not real safe to, to do so. So, mm -hmm. that, so you know, we have some a few burn buildings now, or a burn trailer. I could you can say it, that we yeah, try, the burn but trailer. it's still nothing close to the. No, the everyone just sits there and watches. Yeah, it's kind of you're going to a coffee can and right have a little <laughs> you know campfire in the corner. It's yeah, kind of what he's the, describing as a burn trailer where there's basically a metal. What would you call it? A Shipping container. It's a shipping container. Exa yeah, yeah, exactly. We watch fire develop and we watch the fire kind of roll over your head and go above you. Yeah. And it's great for the first, you know, few months that you're learning the ropes of everything and your, your initial actions and what you can. You learn how much heat you can yeah, really you can take. See some heat and see some smoke, but you know, and you, you feel don't, for me is you feel it. it. Yeah. yeah. If you've never been hot, especially at the first, you do a couple fires. Once you heat the container up, then it'll kind of hold yeah. the heat there. There it went again. So, we didn't touch anything, Dan. It's almost like it's, you know, it wouldn't be a phone like, you know, the old phones used to get like a signal. I'll put it down here, see if that helps. We'll try it. that. 
then, uh, so I was thinking, oh, what is all the stuff that Dan taught me? And then the other one was bow hunting. So before I bow hunted with you and Gary, yeah, I was not. That was like the first year we able, met. Yeah, I think. No, able to close the deal for. I was just struggling, and I never. You guys taught me about the. Um, I had a climber. I, have a, I had a tree stand climber, so I knew yeah, that part. Like an old school climber, I think. But it had. To, we talked about. What did you guys do? Scent control, I think, if I remember right. I you guys scent, play, like watching the wind. Yeah, you know. it was a couple little things that kind of had to dial in my find, game. Find a spot and sit there and like that was actually the wait. One. Don't just get up every. Right. I had a hard time. I still have a hard time <laughs> sitting there, sitting still. But from then on, it was like bam. I don't know what it, what you guys showed me a handful of things. If I remember right, we talked about broadheads. We talked about arrows. I ended up getting a new bow. I think the year after that, maybe yeah, two you, years you after. Yeah, you went to your, uh, your PSE. Your PSE. I've always had PSE. I had PSE yeah. Nova. I mean, the juries are your are your uh, PSE brute. I'm a PSE guy <laughs> through and through right now. So I, they closed the deal. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm a big fan. That all those deer in my woods, they tremble in my You presence. and Tread Barda, man. You're one of a kind. <laughs> People don't even know who Tread Barda is. You know that? Probably not. They he don't. Had, he passed away. I say he passed away. I'm going to have to do... So, you know what? That's a good thing you brought that up, Tread Barda. I'll have to do a deep dive His on last, Tread Barda. Right before, like, the last show, I think I seen him, he was in a wheelchair. He did a couple, a handful of shows in a wheelchair. So, for people that don't know, a couple of my heroes beside is Fred Bear and Tread Barda. They both were traditional bow hunters, and Tread Barda was more of a goofy guy that did these stupid things, but he did them all with the traditional bow. And he eventually had a, what they call it, a spinal uh, infarction. Like a, the way a heart attack denies your heart of blood, he had the same problem with his back. And as a result, was paralyzed and was in a wheelchair and tried to do these outdoor shows in a wheelchair and all blah, and eventually died in like a truck crash. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yep, he was doing everything by himself. But he made it the best of, Yeah. You know, he did the best the, that he could. He was, I think he was in Alaska, has a camper and a trailer and everything all by himself as a uh, paraplegic. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that. I give him credit. You know, yeah. he didn't let it slow him down. He, you know, the good thing, he didn't have to pull over or go pee. He just like, just I think, straight cath yourself or something <laughs> while you're driving. We shouldn't say that. That's terrible. But anyway, so Tread Bardo was one, still is one of my heroes. And, uh, he, and that was probably one of the guys that made me get... Uh, a recurve bow was Fred Bear and yeah, Barda said if that idiot can do it, right? I said he could do it, you can and do I did it. it. <laughs> I haven't done it since, but we'll see. So, uh, what else can we talk about? So, for for people that don't know the difference, and I, I always try and explain to people. So, we're in Macomb County, you're in Washington County, yeah, and it's almost like a whole other world out where you guys are at. You guys don't transport, right? Oh, the fire. You're probably going back to fire service. Yeah, let's go back yes. to fire service. Sorry, yep. in my head I made that transition. Yeah, I thought we were still on hunting. No, no. Because <laughs> we'll we have a lot of people, a lot of first responders listen, and they like to hear about other first responders. A lot of the young guys I work with don't know any other difference. But at our place, we do a lot of EMS, a lot of transporting, not nearly as much fire. And your department is different. You do no transporting. No transporting, but we're doing a lot more EMS now. Well, it's a lot more. I shouldn't you're, you're say a lot more now, to. but it's the, the runs are picking up. Right. You know, you still don't transport. Still don't transport. And basically, mm -hmm. you're not doing much treatment other than taking vitals, maybe. Yeah, we're EMT basic licensure, right. so we can give epi, we can yeah. know, give you all the basics, 
But and you know, but you don't have any in your rig, do you? We do have Epi and Albuterol on the. We oh, have no little shit. what we call B kits. Okay. That we get at the hospital. So we have an A pack. You have a B kit. Yep. Okay. So but we do carry that with us. The one thing I like to point out to the guys that I work with, I'll tell them, yeah, where I came from, Pittsfield was much more. Um, more uh, first response, or, you know, for I, our medicals and then... Right, but besides the medicals and all that, on every car wreck, you guys seem to do a lot of extrications. It was a little bit higher speed roadways. Yeah, the yeah. The freeways we covered. I-94, US 23, US 23. Michigan Ave. Um, more extrications, more tech rescue type stuff. You guys are all tech rescue certified, right? Yep, and when, we, when I first started, we all were. And then when they started the county team, each department of the county started putting people onto the team and then it reduced our department staff yeah. and now we have six on the team five or six five but uh, so if i'm a firefighter i start working at pittsfield uh do you want the guys to end up going to school to be tech rescue or hazmat or if they want to they can yeah. put in for the classes and go take them yeah um, but it's not something you guys are pushing it's not required it used to be required to get all the uh, tech rescue disciplines Awareness, when I was ops, brand new, but then that tech, yeah, I was going through all ops classes. All and the then, ops uh, classes. When the team came about, they kind of shy away from that and redid some of the job descriptions. Because that's and, you got to go on and it's overtime. Too. Yeah, it's it's expensive. <laughs> it's about budget, but it's great. You know, great training. You learn a lot. And yeah, it's just that's more... one thing I remember. Every time we went on scene, up oh, break out the tools. We got to do this. Draw it on the tarp yeah. and for yeah, all of our education, you are. Yeah. stabilizing hazards and, and another thing is you guys uh use life flight more than i would ever think yep we would uh survival flight their u of m but and, and everyone thinks life flight is based on how far you are away from your trauma center but you guys are not even maybe 10 minutes from u of m or st joe's yeah yeah on the outside lights uh, and sirens you can be there in 10 further minutes. ends yep but if we have like extended extrications where right. the patient's in the car for right. up to an hour or it's like know, our guys, our whatever, guys laugh then. when I say, "Oh, we should get a bird in the air." Yeah. Oh, why? We're only right. Well, and you have to explain that it's not doesn't have to do with the distance. It has to do with the length of time for your extrication. <laughs> and not to mention, you know, you do get a doc that shows up in that helicopter. So no shit. So for us, we'd call. I think we have Beaumont and Henry Ford. Okay. Is our two, but no one's. I can say in my career, no one's ever, ever, ever called. No, never, never, <laughs> never, ever, no, ever. It's, it's been a while since we've had one on like our shift that we've had to use on your shift. But in the yeah. department, it's been less than a year, right? Likely, yeah. That you With, know, I you can't probably do it once exactly or twice a year, time, but yeah, that's more than we've ever done. Or if it's not our department, you know, we we may help mutual aid somewhere. And oh, that's true. Yeah. Boom, they you know they're going to bring one in if yeah. it's a significant enough of a. I think was it incident. yesterday? Were you at U of M yesterday? Was it yesterday or day before? No, that was the day before. That was Tuesday. They that had was the at fire the hospital. hospital. Yep. Yeah, I saw one of your trucks there. Yeah, we had one rig there, and that, that was a. I said it was pretty good. You know, a lot of people were called, but it was a like an air handler unit or something inside the hospital. No kidding. And uh, whatever I don't remember what. What do you What do you on, think but... the response is to U of M? How many rigs? So when U of M has something going on at the hospital, there's a fire, and Ann Arbor Fire says, "Hey, we need." Mutual aid? Yeah, they well, they go, you know, second alarm. I think they said that moved to a third alarm. Holy crap. For, you know, and that's, you know, those that building's huge, and that's just manpower. And Arbor's intensive. probably sending five or six rigs, They're, I would imagine. Yeah, somewhere. I don't remember. I think it's six. Did you guys send one or two? We sent one. Yeah. But then, you know, all the departments around us had a rig sent. I don't remember which ones, wow. were, which ones were all called. But. I'd be willing to bet there's close to 20 rigs there. I bet it wasn't too far Probably off. Probably that many chiefs, too. So I'm sure they had a few chiefs. <laughs> Every chief in the neighborhood has to go. Yeah. So, but yeah, they would, uh, 
But it sounded like from the guys that were there, they said it was uh, went really good, and you know things happened quick. And but it was it was uh, you know labor intensive finding it and then carrying all the equipment up that, and setting so the standpipe and we doing had all that, that so. discussion the other day at work. We have a senior apartment building. I think it's ten or eleven stories, and we we've years ago we trained in there. It's been a while, and uh, there was some confusion on how our response is. And I'm, during that shift change, I'm talking to another officer. And I mentioned it, hey, blah, 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 if we go here, Parkview Tower, this is what I remember training on. And he says, no, we don't do it like that. We do it like this. And I thought when, so he his training was different than my training. And for me, the priority was finding the fire. For him and his plan, the priority was taking up equipment. And so we're going to have some more discussions on that. And I, it's interesting you say that, is that what do you think the priority is? Like, so at U of M, you're up. 10 stories, 12 stories, five stories, whatever stories, it's just a big building, is the priority to find the fire. So if you're first due, hook into the standpipe, send guys up with a high-rise pack and a couple of hand tools, and find the fire. Yeah, it's, you need like multiple, because first thing, we got to worry about life safety. We got to get that those floors evacuated. So boom, now do you? we're doing that first. Or do they shelter? But so in our senior center, on... we shelter place. It's a cement building, non-sprinklered with metal doors. So if we tell people start evacuating, that overwhelms us Yeah, like, like it, it all depends on your building, too, like if you have that where it's... Yeah, so U of M would be sprinklered. Sprinklered, and I'm sure they have the fire doors, so yeah. you would probably, you know, you need to evacuate your nearest right. hazards to that fire room. Right. When to, you start thinking about it, it gets yeah. pretty overwhelming but you got, really you know, quick. You have, yeah, you have to, you know, maybe there's no sign that's a fire, and you go to do the, the recon, and oh, yeah. yep. We take do a, have a fire now. Take you a camera, down. take a bundle, take a water can, and so, go. Yeah, that's, that's where that's everybody's kind of my, my you know, department and does their operations a little differently and yeah. what so works the, best. But, yeah, those those are very manpower-intensive we, We've incidents. been there once for a fire, and it was, I don't want to say a clusterfuck, but it was a clusterfuck because every senior citizen in the building wanted to get out. Yeah. And once we lock up the elevators, they're in the stairwells. And guess where our guys are? In the stairwell. It yep. was a cluster. Yeah, it's good. We're uh, just starting to revise our high-rise We almost stuff, needed uh, one team and... to find the fire, one team to get equipment up to them, and another team just to handle people. Yeah, so as you need a minimum, like you, said, it's like three human traffic control. Handle those, and it needs to be happening all together at once, and that's yeah. that time. And there's never enough people yeah, there so all at once. We're, so the next morning at shift change, same officer come back and goes, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you be a part of this uh, the high next high rise training?" I said, "I would really like to be involved in, <laughs> so I yeah. know what to do," because uh, it seemed like every person had a different opinion, and every person remembered. Yeah, that's the, the tough area. Everybody's got a different. Idea where we should go here or there, and it's like we uh -huh. all come together and sit down and hash it out and hash it out. <laughs> then make a plan, write it down. That's, right? that's a nice way to say we argue about it, right? Because everyone's yeah. got an opinion. Everyone's right? got an opinion of, right. well, hey, no, we should do this. Well, what about this? Or no, 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 no. It's like, well, that's why we need to get together and <laughs> have a serious We're discussion. Get together. I like how you say that. And yeah, you bring your, uh... but you know what, too? You bring your best argument. And that's one of the things I like is if you feel strongly about something, you usually have something to back it up. Yep. I guess that that's one of the things I like. Whenever you bring an opinion, here's why. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, give you know some background on why you want to go with this route or this. Yeah, you can't just say I want to do it because that's what I like. Yeah. Right. You better have read this and whatever Evidence reason. Of why. Exactly. Try and have three re three things to back it up. So that's I think that's maybe subconsciously I kind of stole that. I pick it up from you when you have an argument. 
here's why boom 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 whether it's deer hunting stuff or whatever yeah it's it kind of yeah. you carry it carries on you know uh, into a lot of different things but anyway i thought that was interesting when you said that about finding the fire i can't imagine at u of m Hopefully their fire alarms would tell you what zone, what floor. Well, yeah, what... if you, you know, some buildings, all of a sudden the HVAC blows it through like three floors and I got alarms on all three floors of smoke and I was like, well, okay. Yeah, so now think got, about now that. Now you got the three kind of hit three, three floors. Three floors have alarms going off. Yeah. That doesn't mean you got to find the fire now. Especially HVAC related and it starts circulating it around, yeah. right? Yeah, We had one of those the other day at CVS, but luckily it was just one floor. Yeah, so. they, those, those big buildings can be... Uh, can get quite complicated quick and that's with us we don't have a lot of those so it's you know it's a foreign incident so that's why we need to train on it and are, are perfect have, our craft with I think that we have five or six tall buildings like that with senior citizens but they're usually pretty safe and it maybe once a year something goes on so we're the same way we don't talk about it we don't train on it we don't just when it happens it happens and we kind of yeah. We make it up as we go. Yeah, right? that's kind of when you, you get that instant, you're like, oh, well, here we go. Time to uh, revise <laughs> what do I do this. First? You know? What's the priority? <laughs> yeah. So, but that's the interesting part of our profession is you're always learning something. There's always another way of learning, oh, we could do it better this way. You and, have to. You, you know, have critiquing to. your incidents is huge. Yeah. To I just learn of, from some mistakes or better what you did at that incident. Speaking Not of learning, have, mistake, you done any, have you been to any classes lately or taught any classes lately? Not taught anything? any. I went to, uh, I went, speaking of high-rise, we went to one this summer in early June. A guy from Denver Fire came mm -hmm. out and taught a high-rise class in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor had put on the uh, training and was uh, gracious enough to invite our surrounding departments to partake in it. And we learned a ton of, you know, fire flows using two and a half inch hose versus inch three quarter the systems are built for two and a half inch hose and oh, yeah. so we learned a lot more out of that and that's what's you know sp you know spurred us at pittsfield to start getting our our high-rise operation or at least review it right reviewing and we're in that yeah we're looking at new equipment to purchase for the standpipe connections and <clears throat> what do you how many do you have in the city there's is there one or two we have one considered high-rise it's an eight-story building that's high-rise and then we have a couple other buildings with standpipes. Not saying you would have to use the standpipe in that building, but it's there. Yeah. So it'd be a, you'd have a lot explained to do if you did not hook into it, right? Uh, it's up to the officer. Like if you for like our high rise, yeah, there's you would need to use a standpipe above, especially the first floor. Second floor, right. you could probably hit a stairwell. And That's use, what we were talking about. If it was first second floor, we can you could take a use, bundle up and yep. use our own. But pretty line. much after that, you're going to need to use the standpipe to uh, attack that fire, which, well, yes. let's do it. Yeah. So, but yeah, the other of, buildings are, you know, not as tall. And if you can position the truck, you know, properly, and again, that goes on your recon. Oh, yeah. this is a big building, but the fire's over here. Bring it over. We could stretch yeah. it through this window or this doorway. They don't talk about any of this on Chicago Fire, do they? No, no. They really it's... focus on sexuality and where people put their wiener, you know. <laughs> it's nothing to do with firefighting. So speaking of training... I just sent an uh, email to Big Phil. He's our chief. Shout out to Chief Phil Novak, our new special <laughs> operations chief. And uh, told him I'd help him out and uh, join the uh, tech rescue and the hazmat team, both teams, to just get some manpower on there. And he wants more people involved and things like that. So, You're the guy? I'm one of the guys. We like want some of our new younger guys to get in yeah. on all that, too. You know. So, but stay tuned, too. We're working on uh, Phil... Uh, I'm helping fill out or put together a uh, drone program 
Oh man. So then you'd call me Captain if I'm piloting. We'd call it. you Captain. <laughs> yeah. <no>? Captain. <laughs> we got Death from Above. <laughs> captain. Yep. Many, many times. So when I'm piloting, I'd be a captain. Okay. <laughs> but when I'm not piloting, I would just be a plane, a uh, uh, sergeant. 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 That's right. Sergeant. Big difference. Big sergeant difference. Middleton. That's a new one. So, uh, couple was it last week was my first day back to be in charge. And they kept everyone kept saying, "Hey, sergeant. Hey, sergeant." And I'm looking around. Where's Oh, who are you shit. talking to? Yeah, who are you talking to? Oh, <laughs> shit, that's me. <laughs> it takes some getting used to. Hey, Sarge, what are we eating today? Hey, Sarge, what are we doing? No, I really don't. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's a, it's a different uh, mindset you get put into. Very you know, different Especially mindset. those first few months where you're really so, trying to figure it out. One of the things I've been doing, um, I've been in charge, mm-hmm. I think, two or three times now. But first thing in the morning is have a sit-down. There's five of us. And I change shifts. So those guys really don't know me, and I really don't know them. And we've been in passing, maybe worked together once or twice. No, or but don't know them on that personal. Right. So we have a, a little yet. sit down. Hey, here's what I expect today. Here's what's going on. Especially, so uh, day before yesterday, I worked in that area with the high rise. And I said, hey, if we get something at that high rise, here's what I want to happen. Blah, blah, blah. You do this, you do this. So everyone has a specific job. And when I was at the other station, we didn't talk about high rises, but we did talk about a house fire, just a real simple house fire. House fire comes in. You're the FEO. You're going to get me water. You're my pipe man. You're going to go in. I'm going to be with you. You're pulling the line. And I'll yeah. Be, I'll back you up. And my two squad guys, hey, by the way, I want you to get the, hump the hose around the corner with us. And um, if there's time to do a primary search, that's going to be you. But also I want you to hold people at the door. We don't want 23 people Piling in the fucking right room. Right. And they looked at me and I said, that's, that's why if anyone has a problem, send them my way. I don't care who it is. Captain, lieutenant, whatever. This is our fire. This is our scene. If I say stop at the door, I want you to stop people at the door. But the one thing I think hopefully they appreciated is that first thing in the morning, here's the expectations. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how the day is going to go. So I've done it, I think, two or three times. Now. It seems to work pretty good on both. I feel better about it, and I think they feel better about it. They know what you're right. They know they what go, you're thinking, oh, what you cool. hope yeah. them, yeah, most of them to have are, them do. And... They'll nod. Yeah, cool. Perfect. That's what I'm yep. thinking too. I said, okay, as long as we're all on the same page, that's what I want. We're a team. And another thing at our place is, uh, so when a medical run comes in, you know, we have a, a group of officers that think the medical runs are kind of beneath them, right? Oh, this is a diff breather. Oh, this is that. Oh, this. Now, mind you, we do get a lot of stupid. We had a toothache call come in the other day. We have people that don't feel good because they just got their immunization. Like all these silly little things come in, right? Not a full-blown like chest pain. Right, right. So they'll say, oh, we're not going on that. We're not going this. So what ends up happening is the guys on the uh, the ambulance, we call it the squad, squad. they feel a little bit alienated. Like, you know. They're feeling every call. Left out. Yeah. So they're feeling every call. So one of the things I say is, hey, guess what? We're going to go with you guys on every call. If we show up on the scene and you don't need us, Wave us off, right? Tell me not, tell me we can get out of here or whatever. But until you say so, we're going to go with you, even on the stupid calls. I said, if it's really the toothache, I'm probably not going to go with you. I'm going to let you handle it because we're not, we don't transport toothaches. But I'm sure there's guys out there that will, but personally, I don't think we should. But anyway, um, that was another thing they appreciated that, and I said, we're a team, right? There's five of us here today. We go on everything together. We go shopping, we go to instant, whatever. But I'm going to go with you. And that seemed to go a long way, too. Because a lot of them, uh, there's resentment to an officer right. that well, doesn't... You're, you know, you're leading by example. Right. That's. I'm glad you you're, said that. You're it's, not too good to right. 
go help so on that. So that little call. morning huddle, I think, seems to go a long way. I'm going to probably keep doing that. My So right now on our shift, I'm the lowest officer. So when somebody's on vacation, like if you're on vacation, I get so shipped to your station. You're the You're going yeah. everywhere. You're going all over yeah. the city. So I like live out of my truck right now. Yep. And in the morning, I look at my uh, phone, tells me where I'm going for that day. And that's where I walk in. And there every go. day is something different. It's kind of cool. I like it. I meet different personalities yeah. I've never worked with. And well, it kind of re... Uh... <laughs> reacquaints re me re and... reacquaints you yeah with the entire city you're re you know yep. it's like you're brand new again you're getting re-familiar with all the the districts that's and the for equipment. sure so i was at this our station four i've never worked out of that is i've been there maybe i can count on one hand in the last 11 years how many times i've been there and i worked a whole 24 hour there and i'm assigned to the truck i'm a truck guy now and in our city the truck only goes out on uh commercial fires house fires uh, house fires on the north end of the city, as a matter of fact. So you're not going the whole city, you're just covering it. Right. Portion. So we turned a wheel one time in 24 hours. It's a long day, especially for you. <laughs> that's what I, You can't sit still. Yeah. That's, <laughs> for me, it's a huge adjust. I hear the tones going off. I hear guys going out. And I'm thinking, am I missing? What's it? I'm looking and see what they're getting dispatched. For me, it's very, uh, very different. <laughs> very different. Holy crap. And so the guys assigned to the truck, uh, the driver... His name's Joel, really nice guy, and he's like, oh, you'll get used to it. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get used to it. <laughs> so he has You'll to, get used to sitting back Yeah, so here, first right? thing in the morning, I said, hey, Joel, I need you to show me this truck. We need to go through the compartments, put stick in the air, show me how to do it. Because one day, officer's not going to be here, and Joel, you're not going to be here. I'll be here, and somebody's going to expect me to know that's my All job, that stuff, to know yeah. my shit. I need you to show me now. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck. So that's what we did for the morning, and then, okay, we got the afternoon and Joel does workout thing, and I'm like, oh, I wash my truck or something. I don't know. I have to, twiddle your thumbs, you know. Yeah, I, have to, I can see there's a lot more I got to train. Did some more bourbon research. What can you uh, go? Yeah, pick what up can next? I do? I was researching my trip for tomorrow, but uh, what else was I trying to study up on? Um, the station in general, they have a Cascade machine. We don't have one a fill okay. station yeah. at my other station. Uh, what else did they have? They have? We have a utility garage next to us. That's full of all the tech rescue and hazmat equipment. So that's all, all the trailers, all the all the extra. So when somebody says, "Hey, send me a tech rescue trailer," we have a couple of trailers lined up. Send me the hazmat trailer. We have that. Then we have a uh, air fill station trailer. So we have. I want to say. So you kind of like the special ops station yeah. is where you're at, right? Yeah, you're that's exactly technically it. assigned to unless. And you're so a lot of the guys at our department don't want to get on the special ops programs because there is a chance you get shipped to the station. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to Station 4. I'm not... Okay. Well, well, those I, are the fun calls, though, I think. You I get guess. those interesting calls. You learn I, a lot I keep telling them that your career is what you make of it. You yeah. know, if you want to not do things, that's that's cool. That's your choice. But I like to do everything and try everything. Well, and... That's kind of like you know, the station I work out of. We have the tech rescue truck. Yeah. What station? Trailer. You're at one? Station one, yeah. 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 So Our we, station four is like that. That has the tech rescue stuff there, so we respond when yep. the county is activated. It, you hook it up and we go. hook it up and go and cool. head to where the incident is. Damn, so. yeah. We're a half hour into it. So Man, let's, we, haven't even, we haven't even got to Deer Camp We didn't yet. even get to Deer Camp. <laughs> we didn't get to Bourbon. We didn't get... So what that tells me, we should probably have you back again, and we'll talk about some more. But before we go, so how about... Is there something that you can tell people listening, anything that they don't know about you. I mean, I've known you forever, but is there something we don't know that you want to touch on? Anything? 
Nothing. Nothing, really. Nothing, not get out of here. Married and have three kids. That's it. Have yeah. three girls. Life, that yeah, runs life, my life. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> life is good. So. Love to hunt. Yeah. You know what? Next, we'll talk about that next time. We'll see what's going on. No, hopefully get up I'm going through my mental couple, checklist. Couple day deer camp. We could do a. Yeah. I, you know what I'll do is I'll bring this stuff up to deer camp. And uh, I tried doing a live podcast from up there a couple weeks ago for opening day. And it was okay. It Did was, it work? Did it? It worked. So I was using my phone and my headphones. And it really turned into a group discussion kind of thing. But I think what I want to do next time is have like a little bit of uh, an itinerary or things to talk about so we can stay a little bit focused and uh, keep it from going off the rails. Because we get a lot of dead air. We got I was hoping we were to make it on the, uh, off the recording rails. list, but I haven't seen them yet. The live ones haven't? Yeah, I didn't see them. At least yeah. on Spotify. That's where I listened Maybe to them. I might have deleted stuff. them because they were really, what ends up being is guys from my department call in and we just talk about our department. And a lot of people don't want to hear just our own little uh, circle. Basically. Yeah. I don't know if you had, like gripes or bitches. Or, and I try yeah. not to focus on that. So I, I might have deleted it. But we'll, I'll bring this stuff up to our deer camp. We'll sit around, and what I'll probably do too is um, I'm gonna try and get another microphone because it helps when we can hear hear each other. Yeah, hear what each other talking, hear what you're saying, and even if not, somebody can use their phone with set of uh, earbuds okay. and call in, and I can let them in. Gotcha. And they can join us too, but we'll keep it focused and all that. Okay, so. Wow, we're 30, 31 minutes Man, into it. That, that went really by. quick, didn't it? I'll say before I do it, i got to run okay. and pick the kid up. And yeah. Here. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Rackhouse Ramblings with Lieutenant Dan, Pittsfield Fire. And uh, hey, you know what? Are you guys hiring? How about that? Well, we'll do a plug. We are. Warren Fire is looking for people too. But I say just like Pittsfield. everybody in Southeast Michigan, we have yeah. uh, tentatively three positions open. Yeah. Are you guys taking they, apps right they now? They just closed last week, I think okay. it was, the so 8th. It'll probably open back up. Uh, how many, how many, do you know how many people applied? I heard, Three, four, no, we two. I think it had around 30. Shut apps. the front door. So you I guys think, are EMT basic, right? But that's the big, our draw point in the Special Washington County, you know, we don't have the transporting. Okay. So I think that so, for people that may not want to transport or they want to look at getting out of it, you know. So fire one, fire two. EMT basic. EMT or, basic. Or higher. And what else? Good attitude. No turds. No shitheads. Yep. Clean record. And Be cool. Hard worker. Hard worker. Two ears, one mouth, so don't talk a lot. Listen a lot. Ready to learn. <laughs> I think I remember Have that fun. speech. Diggs gave me that speech. But yeah, no, it's uh, they closed, and I think they did some interviews already. And I think there's <clears throat> excuse me, some more coming up. But I'm not, you know, part of the oral board, so I'm not sure what's all good for you. On store with that, but yeah, they're uh, they're looking to hire three. So cool. Okay, we're gonna wrap up. Rackhouse Ramblings uh, with Lieutenant Dan. Thanks for listening. I'll be right back in the next segment. All right. That's all I got for this week's episode. Um, come on back next week. I am putting together a podcast talking about my recent trip uh, to the Grand Canyon. I just got back, me and some buddies from uh, work, firefighting buddies. We uh, backpacked the Grand Canyon. No shit. We uh, hiked down the South Rim <laughs> with every intention of getting to the North Rim. But our plans changed, but we still did. Uh, we spent three nights down in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, hiked around, hiked back out. Uh, spent an extra day around Phoenix at the Lost Dutchman uh, Mine Campground, and I'll talk about it. So uh, come on back next week. Rackhouse Ramblings is out. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>